We are good to go. Okay. Today we have polymath, tech genius, innovation guru, and master guitarist Finbar O'Hanlon. We last had Finn on in October 2022, last year, and how much the world has changed in just six months. With the introduction of OpenAI tool ChatGPT and many other similar tools, people are asking the question, will a robot take my job? Tink and I recently did an innovation workshop with Finn where he proposed, then answered this very question. Also, today we're going to look into a fascinating sound healing modality that Finn invented and is currently testing with a major hospital in Los Angeles. So... Finn, the first question, will a robot take my job? Could you bring everyone up to speed regarding OpenAI, ChatGPT, and the fear it has created and your solution? Well, first off, guys, it's great to be here. Yes. <laughs> it's great to be back on this amazing show. Um, and live. Yeah, You're live, here live. Yes. Really? So oh, happy to have you in person. Yeah, That's the fantastic. best. Yeah. Okay, so uh, look, we are... Uh, when we think about our parents saying, you know, oh, the 60s, it was X revolution or this was happening or that was happening. And, you know, there was these times and moments in time when I remember my parents saying this was the, the flower power child or whatever. We are living right now in the middle of probably one of the biggest fundamental shifts in human history. Mm. And I don't say that lightly. Yeah. It's not when, – when the Industrial Revolution came around, when horse and cart moved to machine um, – uh, you know, it was a, a fundamental shift and it bore so many innovations to the world. But what we're, we're now in this this age whereby machines are getting a level of intelligence where they can, those machines can improve and think and act for themselves. Um, without me getting into all the, all the technicalities of it, we are living this fundamental shift whereby humanity is being questioned. And a lot of the fears come in because we've been educated as people uh, through a system which is designed for a world that no longer exists. Ooh. Right, so we've yeah. been brought up, let's go to school and let's learn all these subjects. And these subjects are designed to help us find a niche where we can play a part in society. And a lot of those parts that we play in society, where we even when we go to school, we learn stuff that we forget. But when we get into our professional career, what, what's happened is we get put into domain level expertise, which is basically a job and that job requires a certain amount of capability, knowledge, uh, skill sets. But a lot of that gets stripped away and you just get to do repetitive things over and over and over. Mm. And what, what's happening is machines now are at a point where they can reproduce that work. So we, and they never sleep, they never get tired, and they learn and they get smarter. So if, you, if we keep this mindset that we've been educated in, um, we then get to this point of fear where machines can now take our job. But what ends up happening is we've now entered a shift whereby as humans, we now are starting to realise through a lot of 25, 30 years of research that it's not the competency. The competency is the skills and the way we put our, our work together and, and mm -hmm. the behaviours that we, we do to perform tasks for a job. The competencies mixed with the capabilities, which are these other tasks, allow us to do things that computers can't do. You see, to know, what, to know how to thrive in a world of AI, first off, we need to know what computers can't do. 
Mm. And what computers can't do at this point in time, hum, uh, computers can't use imagination to see an end proposition and then work backwards from that proposition. They can't visualise a future mm. using anything but a set of programmed indexed pieces of knowledge which has come from somewhere else. They can't imagine something that doesn't exist, that's never come from somewhere. Mm. Right? It has to use a base of indexed knowledge, a library of information. What humans can do is they can project and they can see things and they can feel things and they can connect on a human level. So there's these things called human capabilities and this is where what we need to do is we need to upgrade our human OS. We need to upgrade the things that we've been taught about to be able to thrive in a world where machines are taking over the repetitive tasks and allow us to use the skills and the things we're passionate about to make a much greater change in our lives and the lives of people around us. Finn, I have a really important question around that because for many, many years there has been a concept or a conversation around our demographic age rebels who are over 40 and feel like they're being aged out of their industry or aged out of their jobs. And the younger, fresher blood that's coming through are all tech savvy, etc. But what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that the wisdom and the years of experience and the abilities that people over 40 have are actually now, with AI, going to complement them and highlight their skills as opposed to take them away. Absolutely. So there's some really interesting stats that of the successful startup founders, um, it's something, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I'm paraphrasing here, but it's something like 87% paraphrasing of startup founders that are successful, guess what age they are? Oh, please tell. 45 oh. to 47 mm. as a startup founder. Amazing. Mm. Right? It's not the young ones, right? And so and so to, to, to sort of jump back to your, your question, Summer, is that one of the biggest challenges we have, especially for people who are have who are now have got a lot of knowledge, is one of the biggest problems they have is they've got a lot of knowledge. And why that's a problem is we've built often our brand identity, our knowledge, our expertise, our job role as basically our identity of who we are as people. Mm. Right? What we need to do is into thrive in this world of AI is we need to break that brand identity down to a series of things that we're really good at rather than the whole box and dice. And think about what in those things that we're really good at do we really enjoy and that's called our domain expertise. Where are we really good? These are our silos. So this what's what creates what's called I-shaped individuals. And so in the past, organisations would have, think of it like um, the organisation is a, a triangle structure with the leadership at the top and bureaucracy and, and leadership, uh, leadership at the top, senior mid-level and then workers at the bottom. Each one of those people, you go to a university to be a mid-level and a CEO and, and certain skills to be at the, at the bottom, the worker bees. The, the eye-level experience, an organisation goes, I need this person to go in that hole and this person to go in that hole. And that's the way organisations have been treated as a, a mechanism. But organisations are moving to a thing called an organism. And what that means is that the problems with organisations when they've got all these people as skilled roles doing one specific role is that when the market changes, when COVID happens, when AI comes out, the organisation has to go through constant hire and fire cycles. So we're talking about organisations, I'll go back to individuals in a minute. What ends up happening is the organisation 
Hiring and firing people is one of the most costly exercises a business can do. To hire someone into a role and to train them up can take months, depending on mm. what their role is. That can cost a fortune. Mm. And then if the market changes and they're no longer needed, think about baggage handlers for Qantas or whatever. Mm. You've got to put them off. Then the market changes back and you've got to go and find them again. <laughs> and so the organisation hasn't built an ability to adapt to the market. Now, when it comes to an individual, a lot of people are like, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an accountant. And I go, so, and I have this, I have a conversation with accounts a lot. I, I'm an accountant. I'm not creative. Or I'm an accountant. I'm not this. I'm not that. But I'm just an accountant. And I go, okay, well, what's your core skill of being an accountant? And they go, um, doing accounting work. And I go, that's, okay, so that's, that's what you do. What's the value you create? Well, the value I create is creating accounting work. <laughs> right? And it's like, okay, so, let's, 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 so we need to change your mindset. What I see that you do is you see patterns in data. You're a pattern recognizer. You can look at things in structures of, of numbers, see things, put them together based on a set of rules and make them make sense. It's no different to a jigsaw in a way. You're recognizing a pattern. Two of the key skills in, in human capabilities is pattern recognition, the ability to un get deep insights and associate join dots that don't connect together again. So uh, it's a long way of me answering your question, Summer, but I think that you know, um, the people who have got a lot of experience, this is their time mm, because human capabilities are not complicated. And that's the, one of the hardest things about them is that people think that to get skilled up, I've got to do a lot more work. And they, got, they think that because that's what the way they've been trained. Mm. They've been trained that, okay, if I've got to be get good at creativity, I've got to do an advanced diploma in creativity. And I've got to do this. And as you know from my workshop, I'm like, actually, everyone can be creative. Mm. You have the ingredients. You just haven't been given the recipe. All you need to know is the recipe, and it's innately inside of you. You've just got to know how to break things into pieces. You've got to know – because Creativity is creating solutions to problems via the reorganization of the existing things. To put it into pieces, reorganize them, take bits out, put bits in from there. One, that's not a complicated process. But people want to overcomplicate it because they think that they can't be good at it unless they've put a lot of work into it. But mm. human capability is actually about winding that, that, those biases back a little bit and going, we have this stuff within us. This is the stuff robots can't do. If I said to you, right... I need you to work as hard as you can learning human capabilities, right? Working hard is dumb. <laughs> yes. Working mm. smart is the way, right? Yeah. So if it's naturally inside us, we just need someone to help us unlock what's already in there. Now, when you put that on your experience, when you know you're a, an accountant or a tax advisor or a dancer or whatever you are, and you can start to say, I now know how to see opportunities in the market. I know how to connect with my tribe. Or I know how to connect with people that aren't in my tribe and see opportunities that I could never see before. It builds a level of thinking and a level of capability that takes you way outside your box. And people spend all this time doing workshops on, like, think outside the box. But if you can learn the human capabilities and you lie them over, it's like putting the icing on the cake. And so what I'm trying to go out, and my message is, here is what the World Economic Forum is saying is, is the most important roles of the skills of the future. Here's what the human capabilities say, the standard, uh, the mo most important skills of the future, right? It's, this is how you, this is how easy it can be. And this is, once you start to apply these disciplines, 
the biggest challenge you've got is unlearning the things that you've learned. Which is one of them is working hard is the way. That is not the way. That is not the way. Do you know my favourite thing about the workshop? And it's something that you've talked about a number of times, Isaac. And I was so delighted that, that what Isaac has been attempting to get out there and get this message out there, you highlighted so brilliantly, was that it's actually child's play. It was so much fun. We were giggling and laughing. Mm. And we had created a whole new business model in our on our tables by the time we finished your workshop and it felt like no time went by and we'd done all of this work that often takes companies years to establish and it was so much fun uh, yeah mm. well it's if i said right we've got five people over here let's build a football team you're going to be in that position you're going to be in that position you're going to be in that position you'll have people and they'll they'll try and work in that position if you go i'm going to build a team i've got no idea let's find out what everyone's good at Right? And let's do that through play. Right? You raise to the surface, you go, you're really good at it. What do you think about that? And you start working together. You collaborate. Your team becomes a team through collaboration. You work out what your roles are rather than someone telling you. Mm. And what happens is you build this organism where the organism works together rather than being forced together to try and work together, if that makes sense. Yeah. How wonderful to have mm. had the experience to work in an environment that is an organism, not an organisation. Like I was in a hierarchical, especially the police force when I was there. Yeah. I always felt that there was an opportunity for it to be more organism, uh, mm. but it was all uh, numbers based. So I was three, four, four, six, zero. And so even if I went for a job or a promotion, if someone had a lower number, had been in longer, regardless of skill set or capabilities, they would be able to object to my getting the job and they would get the job based on number. But uh, I don't feel that that's necessarily a well, great th- model. Yeah, you're right. And so. Look, I, I know I'm rabbiting on here, but I think what's, what, what's happening is the world is changing under our feet and it's forcing organisations to change. They, they don't want to change to an organism model. They're yeah. quite happy. <laughs> they don't want to change. That's the last thing they want. But they're for, being forced to. Um, and people are being forced to rethink. And I, I, what did I say at the, the, the workshop? I said, um, how do you move from fear to opportunity? Yeah. It's one thing. It's called knowledge. Okay. And it sounds so simple, but it, that's all it is. Mm. You're only in fear because you don't know. Yeah, fear of uncertainty, mm. not mm. knowing yet. So when people say, oh, look, I'm fearful of AI, I go, great. So tell me why. They go, well, it does all this stuff and it's, it's unbelievable. It's going to take all these jobs. And I go, great. So um, let's just give me the evidence that, that backs up your, your argument. Let's apply some critical thinking to that, right? So I, I get your viewpoint. No, just, just give me some evidence. That, oh, this is what they said? Great. Okay, cool. Now give me the other evidence that you got that, Opposes that viewpoint. I go, what do you mean? I go, what's the evidence that you found that actually tells you that that information is wrong? I go, well, I don't have that. I go, well, one of the key foundation skills of human capabilities is critical thinking, which is the ability to be the prosecutor and the defendant at the same time. The way to look at arguments, look at news stories, look at social media and work out before you make an informed decision, make it on an informed basis, which means you've looked at both sides of the argument, right? So um, go and find that for me. Oh. And it's really interesting, you taking the time to go and try and find an opposing viewpoint, it instantly takes that, it takes a bit of fear and a bit of that sort of, that, that fear out of you, mm. but it's, it's hard to do. This is really, this is going against what a lot of people have ever thought. They tune into the TV stations and the news that they want to hear because that's what they want to hear rather than what they want, not want to. And if you ever asked, why do you want to hear that? 
Why don't you want to validate that? What's wrong with validating that? It, what, what would be wrong if you found out you're wrong? How do you learn and grow if you don't know you're ever wrong? Oh, mm. yes. Very know? true. And, and so, again, I, I feel like I'm rabbiting on here, but at the end of the day, we're going through a monumental shift and it requires that we monumentally shift the way we learn and what, what's important to our mindset. Thinking the way a machine thinks is a zero-sum game in terms of us being valuable in the future. And there is a whole bunch of research and evidence behind the viewpoints, and I've run critical thinking on it. I've looked at both sides of this argument. And sitting here complaining about AI, it's, uh, it's already over. It's, it's already happening, right? But I, I just spoke to Isaac before. I fly all around the country. I work with clients. I'm up here at the moment. This is why I can be in the studio. And one of my challenges was, was to work on a new patent um, for a client who is doing quite a complex um, uh, financial system for for organisations, and it's it's brand new. It's never been built before, so we had to write a patent for it. And so, with ChatGPT by my side, and with understanding a bit of prompt engineering, know how to write the right prompts, I had the patent written. I had all the diagrams done in half a day. Wow! Right tomorrow, I've got an eleven o'clock call with the patent attorney, and we and we actually submit that, and it would for final review, and it goes in. Sensational. Now, in the past. Someone like me, it would have taken me a week, week and a half of work. means I can reduce the cost for my client. I can get it done, get it off, go and do another job. So there's a perfect example of AI augmenting my capability and doing a lot of my work for me and allowing me to get greater throughput and provide greater value to other people. And so rather than me going, oh, ChatGPT can do that, ChatGPT could give an output, but the output couldn't describe something that doesn't exist because it's a new innovation. It doesn't, it doesn't have a library of reference of something that doesn't exist. So I'm just saying that there's a bunch of knowledge. And did you guys know about the Pareto's law? I do know about mm-hmm. it, yes. Okay, so I think I mentioned on the day I said the room is full of very, very, very smart people and probably a lot of – well, everyone on this podcast will be listening is a very smart person. They've spent their life, they've built all this great expertise, they've got great knowledge, great stories, all of that. How do you get 20% better in one year? Good question. Don't know. Small, small percentage at a time, 1% a day. You could work on the things that you know and get incrementally better or you could work on the things that you've never worked on before, human capabilities. Like what when you say human capabilities? And a, how to build an adaptive mindset, how to mm. practice critical thinking, how to understand creativity and apply it to your business, mm. how to understand innovation and how the connection between creativity and innovation how to build resilience, how to build communication, uh, storytelling, right? Mm. The amount of people I go, let's run through a storytelling workshop. I worked with a big energy regulator in Victoria and I said, and he said, we've got this big problem. We've got to talk to the government. We've got to show them we spent $180 million on this project and we need to show them all the evidence. So my workshop was about storytelling. And I started the workshop by saying this. I said, tell me your favourite Star Wars story that relates to... um, was it to what? What's data hacking or what's? Uh, I can't remember now. But it was tell me your favourite story that relates to um, data hacking. And they were like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Tell me your favourite Star Wars story that relates to data hacking." And they were like, I, "I'm." I said, "Right." So, two things that don't seem to go together. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story about Star Wars and data hacking. My favourite story: Mos Eisley Cantina, and right? all the little all the different bounty hunters 
the plans for this thing called the Death Star, the star that blows up planets. Right? Nothing can beat it. It's got a ray that disintegrates planets. The star, the plans for the star for the Death Star were leaked. And there's one exhaust port on that Death Star that can blow up this star that blows up planets. It gets leaked. There's your data hack, right? Mm. And that gets that that gets in the hands of the Rebel Alliance. The Rebel Alliance use X-wing fighters and plan them to drop a torpedo down this little tiny little tiny hole in this Death Star, and it blows up the Death Star, right? And I say said to them now. At the end of this, in two years' time, when we talk about a story about data data hacking, right? Which one? Which story will you remember? Two point four percent of the of, of organisations that are over the Fortune five hundreds have a data privacy breach of over sixty seven thousand users, blah blah, per thirty days, or Star Wars Death Star. Yeah, and they go Star Wars Death Star. So the ability to take complex business modelling and turn it into a story that creates um, experiential learning. It's exactly what we did at Burning Mind. You were learning in this program that, that you both attended, you were learned through serious play. Mm-hmm. But you came up with, but you didn't learn, remember I said, you, what you were, if you looked at it through a normal lens, it's like, we've got to do this in time, we've got to do this. And yes. And yes. I kept saying, it's not about you getting to the end goal. It's about you realising that you're communicating, you're collaborating, you're using different skill sets, you're using creativity, you're using play, you're using imagination, they're the things to recognise, not that you got the job done. But yeah. everyone was like, did we get this done in time and did we get a good result? Which is the that's old not, education model. That's the old education it model. Is, We're yes. not measuring that and getting them to step out of it. And that's a hard thing to do because mm. we've been so conditioned to think that that's not what's important. Mm. I grew up as a creative and people are going, oh, well, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden now they're going, how do I get a real job? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what do you think the, the main thing we need to unlearn, as especially as the over 40s who have just been ingrained in this old education, memorise, regurgitate system? That's a really, really great question. Um, for me, one of the great signs of, of thinking about what we need to unlearn, because it's probably different for everyone because they've probably got different experiences, is that as soon as you want to defend a viewpoint on anything – Mm. where you've got an answer straight away, that's what you need to stop. Because mm. there's no critical thinking happening. Mm. That's so true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you go, oh, but it's like in your own mind, this is one of the hardest things to unlearn. You don't need to defend a viewpoint. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not, tr- it's not about convincing someone else your viewpoint's right. Their viewpoint might be right for them. Uh, it's about there's information coming to you. It doesn't need to be triggering an emotion. It doesn't need to be. You don't need to defend anything. So I typically, what and I work on this a lot, was when I, and I've got to a point now where someone says something, and I'm that's, you know what? I love that. I had this one person in New York once said to me, man, you, you I was mentoring this guy's girlfriend and he got really upset that I was mentoring his girlfriend, right? And I knew what was going on and he was going up, yeah, you, you Aussie guy, you, you think you've got all the answers and all this sort of stuff. And I said, well, you know what? I just want to really want to thank you. Like, it's amazing. And he was really aggressive at me. And I knew because I knew that would – I said, I really want to thank you because um, you spent so long thinking about me and I really appreciate all the thoughts that you and all the energy you've directed towards me. So tell me about yourself. That's, it's so challenging because it's you're just redirecting energy. But – 
Sorry, I'm, I'm drifting off here. No, no, no. I'm captivated. But I do yeah. think that, um, you know, for yeah. me, that if, if it's one to unlearn, it's like the one thing that we're, we're all seem to be programmed to be good at is trying to defend a viewpoint. And that's where our brand, our identity is tied into our belief systems. Yep. And if mm. we can start to go, critical thinking is being able to evaluate both sides of the argument. So critical thinking stops biases. It allows you to look at everything and make an informed mm. decision. Once you do that, once you can mix that with creativity about pulling things out from different places, reorganising the map, they're the two fundamentals um, of human capabilities. And other people would argue it's about communication, but by doing that and empathy, by getting that map, you're using empathy to try and understand what's going on in someone's life or how do you map that journey. Um, communication is how do you communicate with other, these These things come naturally once you're applying critical thinking um, and um, and. Uh, and creativity and it's so much easier because i know for many years i was like okay so this is the way things work physically then i learn more stuff okay this is the way and you're always carrying around 20 tons of encyclopedias you know metaphorically in your mind instead of where someone will say so this is a new way of moving eating whatever instead of like oh i've got to run it through my stuff just like no, nah, empty your cup. Tell me more. So you it, and whether the person's way off the tree or not, it's it's so much more freeing. You think, oh, I don't have to defend what I do. Or if someone comes to me with something, what do you think of this trainer? It's like, let's have a look at what they do. I'm not going to give you a, a criticism or positive either way. It's just what what are they doing and how does it benefit people? And that's one of the things that learnt with working with you, Finn, where you say, you know, what's the question under the question? What's the problem you're trying to solve? And that's such a great question. You say, yeah, what problem am I trying to solve? Oh, the person wants to lose weight. That's not the problem. There's a problem under the problem and it, each person can be different and multi-layered. So, <clears throat> yeah, that um, the unlearning and just being more free in one's approach, then just I find you learn so much more but what's better i find i connect with a person instead of like putting the information between us yeah. it's just connect as a human being and and just have a a good conversation and I, look i would argue that doing what i'm saying uh, is probably harder than doing a course in something mm. yeah because it's talking right to our emotional core yes and that can be confronting for very some confronting people. Yeah, absolutely. There's something that I was learning about chat GPT and AI and it was that I was quite surprised to learn that it's it's actually already outdated in the sense of it's churning out information that was put in by humans two years ago. So it's, it is still behind the current time and I felt a sense of interest and ease around that thinking, okay, well, there was all this uncertainty about what it was capable of, but it's actually programmed by humans and it can't be continued to be programmed without humans and we are the humans, so it can't ever replace. If if we don't exist anymore, then it doesn't exist in – it doesn't progress anymore. So I'm really curious around your perspective on that conversation that I kind of stumbled across as I was looking into this. Yeah, so – it's evolving every day. Oh, sorry, every day, every week, there's probably 20 or 30 new innovations happening in AI. It's, it's unbelievable what's happening. 
from auto GPT to open assistant to that's as the time that we're recording this podcast, there's an open source version of chat TPTs. Now auto GPT, you just, it just goes and learns and does all the work itself. You don't even have to tell it to do stuff. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, these large, the Stanford released a um, Alpaca large language model, which is the, the system that it uses behind it uh, for under $600. Um, NVIDIA, who's another company just released, is releasing their cloud-based server platform, which allows AI, um, like AWS cloud services to be run without getting technical. It allows you to build your own private large language model, um, which in the past would have been millions and millions of dollars and years of work to, to happen in days, you know. Um, so it's sort of, it's, it, that's going to evolve. And mm. so what I'm saying is that if you look at my story about coming up to the Gold Coast and using this technology in a way that augments my knowledge and my intelligence to be able to visualise the future, work backwards, draw maps, think about something that doesn't exist, patch together through creativity and use ChatGPT to go and find me the research to write me the, the core information that I can just tweak, um, it, to me this is where if we understand a little bit about how AI works and what it can't do, then we can focus on working on what it, we what we do to do what it doesn't do. Why go mm. and do what? I, so that's what's going to take its fear away. And I would say that every single person that's listening to this podcast, particularly people over forty, I'd say this is your time mm. Mm. because you've got this incredible encyclopedia. You're actually wiser. You're less emotional mm-hmm. than a lot of um, younger people. Yeah. Um, you can practice critical thinking because you're wiser. You've got more lived experience. And, you know, you, you're probably more in tune with yourself than a younger person who's really about focused about their job. And they, they, so you've got a more rounded experience. So I would say that <clears throat> working, having a look at what the Australian Human Capability Standards are, having a look at what the World Economic Forum are saying are the jobs of the future, you'll notice that they're all about being human. Mm, I mm. love that. And mm. there is no fear in that. that. That is something we're all very good at. And we have now the opportunity to get better at. So what I'm sensing is an opportunity to enjoy life more, have more time and space for connecting and enjoying life as life, not as work. Oh, those mu- Yeah, those mundane jobs, like you're talking about this new software that it just allows you to take snippets from podcasts and then post them and you know on social media and all that sort of so the stuff that would take you so long it gets so tedious it's like done like that and look i i understand people some people are in highly paid jobs and they're worried and they've got all these mortgages and they've got these responsibilities and kids and private schools and all this sort of stuff and what happens if this goes down and what happens if that goes down i would argue that you're already doing your job worrying about when when if when AI might take over, it's how's that helping, mm-hmm. right? But by going, you know what, if I can start to learn some of these things that as a kid, if you're in your 40s, as a kid you're told it's got no value, start questioning, how do we know it's got no value? Why did I listen to that? How, where can I go and find that knowledge? It's, for me, it's that you attaching these things that you've never practised to your practice is the thing that's going to give you that 20% increase mm. in one year. Remember I asked that question? Yes, yes. the Pareto's right? law. You know, it's like, it's, there's a, a famous book um, um, called, I think it's called Reach, and it's about mm. how some of the best people in the world at, at sports, business, whatever, 
had a lot of training in a lot of different disciplines before they, so they were, they did chess and they did cooking and they did this and that, the other. Yeah. A lot of people have a lot of stories. They've got a lot of different experiences and they, some people are really passionate about stamp collecting. Other people are passionate about collecting model, you know, uh, Star Wars figures or Lego or, or whatever it is or playing music. And those things, it's once you start to break them down and go, well, how can I infuse those in my job? How can I use creativity to? It it's it sounds really bizarre only because you haven't done you haven't practiced it. <laughs> and that's part of the unlearning. And what you got us to do, which was invited us to do, was it's like two totally different things find a connection. You know, you've yeah. got a one shoe and a jar of peanut butter. Correct. And how how can you get connections between the two of them and then start to do that on a daily basis. And it just expands whole world view. It's like you feel like you're upgrading every week because you look back and think, oh, that person was a little bit sort of set in his old ways or rigid about things. Now it's there's things that you'd never even think about. Yeah, see, through doing that, mm. your neuroplasticity, your stretching your your, your Mm. neuroplasticity, what actually happens, funnily enough, is – your biases start to drop without you working on your biases dropping. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yes. So yes. It's sort of like probably with you, Isaac, or, mm. or Summer, when you're doing certain things, right, when you're working on spiritual things or get channeling energy or working on physics or posture or whatever, there's all these consequences and other values from you practising one discipline. Mm. And, you know, it, it really quite is interesting when you go, well, how do I break that behaviour? And you go, well, by not potentially not even practicing that behavior by just practicing this behavior because this behavior will impact that behavior. Um, but it's, it's really funny. It's the, you know what, I'd, I'd challenge that everyone at home who's listening to this to go, what were the things as a kid or through university or school was I told that's a waste of time? Mm. Try Laser focus on those and figure out which ones are there as a human and start looking at those because – that's where the that's where the golden treasure is there, you know, because you've got all these other great skills. You put that on; it's like adding the chili to the spice mix. That's mm. the thing that's going to mm. spice it all up, you know. <laughs> it's sort of, that's and, fun. And so that's a, the thing at the moment um, with just taking that step to ask some of the questions, you know, look at the connections between things. And I'm finding there's this rigidity and fear, but I tell people, it's, think about like when you're a little kid and your mum would say, "Okay, come on, we're all." going out and we're doing whatever it is. We're going to go to Hillsville Sanctuary and we're like, mm, no, we don't want to do it. It's like, get in the car. And then you get to Hillsville Sanctuary, like you look at the wombats, and you're like, oh, mum, you're the best, thanks. Thanks for, you know, giving us a nudge. And that's all people need. It's, there's this inertia. I just get some momentum. I start asking the questions. Look at Finbar's stuff. It's, there's stacks of stuff on the internet, which we'll put um, links to in the notes. And... It's, it's like you start to breathe easier because with this whole is robot going to take my job and, and am I dumb or you just start to contract, you breathe shallow, you go into a panic. But when it's like, no, this is really expansive. What's really interesting is <clears throat> I'm just having memory flashbacks from beyond 2000 mm. at those shows mm. where they were talking about yes. this back then. <laughs> And they were saying about robots and it's going to replace humans and, well, you know, we're all these years later and guess what? We're still employed and actually it's better than it was then and mm. it's getting better and better. There's a, there's a great thing to, as an exercise to do is to go online and try and find a 1992-1991 video about CNN reporting on this thing called the internet. 
<laughs> it's oh really God, I can't interesting. Believe I was alive in that era because what they're talking about this thing is going to it's going to basically could destroy, has the power to destroy the world. It was built by the military. Um, you know, it's going to get rid of all of this work. Mail was going to be instantaneous. We still got mail. <laughs> my postie's a very busy guy. He brings a lot of parcels to my house. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's going to destroy this. It's going to destroy that. You know, we we're and there was all this fear. And what did the internet do? It born multi-billion dollar corporations. Mm. It born all these different things. We're, we're in that, but actually bigger now. Mm. But this is the thing that's going to unlock our best lives if we look at it through the Oh, I totally way. love that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You know? We all deserve to ha- live the most amazing lives. And we're suckered into this thing going, oh, I've got it. Oh, what, is it going to take my job? And you go, well, what's your job? Or, you know. What if that money could be coming in and you don't have to do that job? Do you know oh, what? I it can have my job. And honestly, yeah. <laughs> if I could plug yeah. a few things in and it just answers my emails and does these things and gives me time freedom that I crave, oh, please take it. Well, it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> if you look at YouTube right now and you look, at, look, go and look up, type in Ukraine, you'll see all of these news channels coming up. None of them have any video footage about Ukraine. There's just all library footage about war. And it's chat GPT scripts. Someone sits there and it automates it, builds a YouTube channel, builds a video, and they're getting 100, 200, 300,000 views every day. Wow. Um, that's, that's like, you know, it's a million dollar a year business for doing nothing. <laughs> <Right>? Sign me <laughs> up. <laughs> that's the thing you taught us in the workshop too. That is like, look at the things that you do repetitively. That's what we want to replace. Things you just do every single Yeah. Well, if I ask everyone that's listening to this podcast, I go, name the top 10 things that you love doing exactly the same every single day. Put them down. What's the number one? They go, what? I go, what's the most, your most favourite thing that you do all the same, the exactly the same every day? What's, this, what's that? What's, the, what's your favourite one? Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, what's your, what's your second most favourite one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think anyone would agree that doing the same thing over and over again is fun. Yeah, so true. it's like, okay, yeah. well, let's figure out what we do over and over again. Let's figure out how we might use AI to take that away and then how much time we might ba- have back. Like if, mm. if we're valued on our output, if our job isn't about measured on time, if we're not just on timesheets, if it's not just about us, we know you turned up at nine and we left you at five. If it was about can you get something done, this is the organis- organisation mm. organisms, do you get your job done? Then it, this, the trick is how do I get my job done faster so I've got more time to myself? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. that's when you start thinking about AI is, mm. actually, my job's not going. It's because AI can't do my job because there's a whole human component to it. Yes. Mm. It's, so, it's so powerful and I think it's really important that people put that in the forefront of their mind, alleviate their fears and realise that this, like you said earlier, this is their time. This is the best time in history to be alive and experience this and innovate and really start to to harness what life is meant to be about yeah yeah and look we all have the ingredients i just say it we just need the recipe and that's what i'm i'm really loving now is is building these workshops and going around and working with people on this on what is the recipe what do you do how to how to starting to help them unlock that that stuff that's naturally sitting within them it's Mm. just being dormant for a while you know that's the other it's another link to you talk about joining dots isaac when we talk about it's not about adding more to your life it's about doing what you do naturally better and you're doing the same thing finn yeah Yeah. Yeah. do it more efficiently and more well i think i said at the beginning of of burning mind i said um 
we've got to move from a more is more mindset to a less but better mindset. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Right? Mm. And that's hard because that's a different mindset. And it's, 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 it's hard enough going, oh, I'm going to get into my inner mindset. It's just when it's talking business, we're, we're conditioned. So we have to realise we're being conditioned and we've got to realise we're conditioned for a world that no longer exists. And that's where the fear comes in. Yes. But it's not hard to fix it. Mm. It's just a, it's just a couple of sprinkles on top. You know? Put on the chilli. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Love a mm. bit of spice. I wanted to ask you about your music, but specifically what you've developed because we're all about health and fitness here. Why well, developed a software called Resonics? Yeah. Well, just to quickly jump in. I can't name the name of the hospital just for privacy reasons. Oh, but yeah, I that's can't, okay. I can't. Just yes. I'm just jumping in before we name. Yeah, it, yeah, so. yeah. No, that's okay. Um, and. Actually, tell us about it and what you're doing with in LA. So uh, for the longest term, I've been interested in the intersection of well, I've been a musician, I've been a composer, I've been a music producer, I've toured the world, I've played with all these big rock stars and all that sort of stuff. But I've always been interested in how music has the power to drive emotion, create memories, mm. uh, to give energy, to put you in a relaxed state. These are always things that have been really fascinating to me. Uh, and I've come at this world as a musical composer and someone who understands music composition and then got into the science of it, psychoacoustics, um, which is how the body perceives um, energy through sound frequencies. And, you know, I just sort of constantly experimented. And um, a little while ago, in about 2016, I partnered up with Ahmet, uh, mm -hmm. He's my business partner. His dad was a very famous musician in the 70s called Frank Zappa. And Ahmed and I, um, his dad was, in the time when he was very big, his dad was pushing new boundaries in sound. So Ahmed and I connected over this concept of trying to push new dimensions in sound. So I started talking to him about, well, I believe the tuning of music, uh, without getting into all the technicals, in mm. the tuning of music changed, a new standard was brought in uh, in the early 1900s, around how do instruments play in tune. That's why guitars have frets and keyboard mm -hmm. bass have. But it was designed about mathematics. And it was so everything played in tune. Pythagoras um, mathematics. Anyway, the ancient tuning systems, Tibetan bowls, sitars, tablas, uh, santours, they were tuned, but they were tuned typically to a harmonic tuning system in ancient tuning systems. And that was to, they tuned it till it resonated with human. Mm. So it was more of a resonant tuning system. And so basically I started, we started asking the question, well, what if we could take an existing mix of music that was mixed using the mathematics of playing in tune and then retuned each note in the musical scale back to frequencies that most people resonate with? And there's, there's are frequencies that create cellular regeneration. There's, there's frequencies that take you into a level, a thing called entrainment, which is locking you to an external clock. Brainwave frequencies, all of these different scientific principles that, that have been studied through science. And we sort of started going, if we could retune modern music to a more human resonant baseline by us applying these normal standard things to music, would it create a much more uh, responsive reaction? And so we started working on that. And we, we originally started it for movies to do, to retune film soundtracks um, and emotional scenes and war scenes and and we ended up working with a major hospital in America who's interested in looking at new ways to accelerate post-operative recovery and pain management 
without um, pharmaceuticals being involved. And the reason there's a number of interesting reasons for that. One is obviously that some of their uh, patients have got drug dependency, so they don't mm. want to trigger that. But the mo- most interesting one to me was that the hospital is interested in its brand and recognition is 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 about how do you manage an inpatient to an outpatient that whole journey and for them it was they don't want someone else who provides a product to stuff up all the work that they've done in the mm. in the theater right so mm. if they do mm. a procedure they're in control of that procedure but as soon as they come out into recovery then there's medication and that changes they're not in control of that medication they're mm. in control of dispensing it or, or administering it but the medication could cause a side effect. And if it does cause a f- side effect, guess who gets the blame? Mm. Mm. Big liability. The hospital, not the drug company. Yeah. So they're looking at ways that they can, so for sensitive patients, they can manage their whole journey whereby they're in control of their whole journey. Well, that's a win-win. That's a risk reduction on their behalf and an increase in healing capability. And then there's also an additional placebo once that uh, patient understands how they healed and then you know the use of that ongoing in their life is just it's it's like a positive feedback loop yeah it's 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 quite interesting we've, we've been in testing and we've had some really amazing results so far so it's it's, it's so the done. testing how so what to take us through what the patient they come out of the the surgery so they come out of surgery and they go into their recovery room mm-hmm. and um obviously has to be Patients that don't have any facial um, trauma, um, mm-hmm. so they have a pair of headphones. We've got special, you know, good headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have basically um, a playback device which runs high-resolution audio. And so we've created a 20-minute program. And to get the 20-minute program into the hospital, we had to actually provide all the evidence over the whole time of the program um, based on peer-reviewed scientific evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically the, the principle of it is what we do is at the very start of that, we create this clustered um, uh, fragmentation of noise. There's two, there's two different programs. Mm. One is a fragmentation of noise to, to discombobulate the mind. And then we bring in these what's called um, um, carrier wave frequencies, which we, we, we sit at a, a specific frequency. I won't go mm-hmm. into all the details, mm. but it, it's a carrier wave frequency that, has, that modulates to a, a resonance. And what it's about is creating entrainment. So, you know, when you do a, a mantra mm-hmm. or you listen to techno, a beat over and over again, drumming, mm. the principle behind that is called entrainment. So your limbic system in your mind locks to an external clock ah. and that becomes the clock. Oh, That's what okay. entrainment is, right? So then the wave frequency wave that we're using becomes the entrainment clock, the up-down oscillation of the wave frequency. And for the for the people who don't know what the limbic system is, that is the emotional centre of the brain, yep. right? Yep, that's mm-hmm. right. And it, it also handles balance and it handles a few things. So what happens is people probably have heard of binaural beats. A lot of people yes. might have heard of And what binaural beats is you feed one frequency of, let's say, an up-and-down wave mm-hmm. in one ear at one frequency and you feed a different frequency in the other ear just slightly off. So it's at a different frequency. So... So let's say it's 80 hertz in one ear and 84 hertz in the other ear. And the brain can't create the balance in the limbic system because they're off. So it mm. can never actually center that, those frequencies. So there's no balance. So the brain itself creates what's called a binaural beat, which is a phantom beat that doesn't exist at 82 hertz. Wow. But the processing in the brain to do that is so intense that the brain can't think about anything in the forward or anything in the back. Oh, so it's a present So moment. you are overstimulating the brain to create relaxation. 
It's a really wow. interesting phenomena. That's how it works, right? But anyway, um, mm. so you're using some of these principles um, around. So what we do is we create entrainment where you're locked to an external carrier wave frequency, and then we start slowing it down to pull you down from down to into, into um, from your alpha brain waves down in theta. So we take you into a deep relaxation, and then we feed other frequencies in there, which are about cellular regeneration and repair. Oh, I'd so much prefer to heal that way than mm. pharmaceuticals. Well, yeah, look, and it might sound like pseudoscience, but what's interesting is we've actually based this on real scientific peer-reviewed evidence. We're just putting it in together in a new way. So creativity, we talked about human capabilities yes. before. What I've done here is, is use existing science, taken it out, reorganised it, used it against traditional music and some of these music mixing techniques and applied it in a way that, look, it's early days, but... It's an interesting concept and we're in a major hospital testing and so far we're getting great results. Are we allowed to share where your music is if people wanted to have an experience of your music? Of this result? Is, is there a way people can get a yeah, so sample I'm, of I'm actually um, about to do – I haven't done it yet, but I'm about to launch on my YouTube channel a whole – about a two to 300 sound loops – that people can use in, in loop, uh, and they're based on male and female, um, so different anatomy, male and female, mm -hmm. and they they based on different star signs, different um, different results, whether you want to be relaxed, whether you want to be engaged. So I'm currently working on them, but there's quite a lot of files, so I'm just going to – I'm either thinking of doing them in a loop or doing them in like a, a, a one-hour program and just doing – 100 mm. to 200 of them and just putting them out there and trying to get people to to try and help people just to see if that if that works with them because it's a good test bed for me so at the moment that's it's not really publicly available um you guys have heard some of the stuff yes. obviously but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah but yeah um so I play it each day when i meditate well it's interesting because in a lot of pet cases you, people will listen to 15 files and none of them work but one will Yes. Mm. I think, Isaac, you said the female one worked for you, right? Yeah. It's called female, but it's actually not female. It's just mm. the way it's processed. It's yeah. got – it instead of scattering with the scattering noises, it started with a, a yeah. carrier wave right from the beginning. Yeah. It was a really amazing exercise that we did at the workshop Burning Mind last week, and I highly recommend if anyone ever um, wants to explore your um, conversation that we're having today and jump into Burning Mind to definitely check you out on LinkedIn, yeah. which I'll put a link into the show notes. But at the end, you brought this technology in and what you did was you played the nine sound waves and we all picked which one resonated with us the most. And it's just more of an intuitive thing. You just go, oh, that feels good. Yeah. And a majority of us I was one of them picked number five, yep. but you were able to program all the different selections around the room and create a memory, a frequency memory of our experience. And we're going to get access to that. That blew my mind. I was so excited by this whole concept because yes, we, we have romantic memories based on music. We have um, sad memories based on music. There's so much emotion and memory around that. And to have a memory of that day and everything we learned to me is very special. But to also have that memory in a sound frequency, mm. something I can hear, mm. is just so exciting and juicy to me. Yeah, so that you'll have that um, in your inbox um, probably by Monday, that sound mm. signature. And you've probably got the playback pdf which has got this yeah so basically it was for the listeners here everyone in the room um contributed to a we took numbers on which num which frequencies resonated and then we created a symphony of frequencies 
based on the levels of them were based on the, the room. So we created a signature in sound of that energy at that given moment in the room. So it was, it was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and the yeah. response people were yeah, yeah really enjoying yeah. that. It was again this exploration of something new, and um, we got to be a part of it. And I think that contribution. So another one of those skill sets that you're talking about that AI can never replicate is contribution to the creation of something wonderful because you're there and you're present and you're involved in it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's like a passport stamp of that day, of that yeah. moment oh, in time. You know? I love that. And what's really I find interesting is when we all listen to it, and if you play it repeatedly, whether it actually connects us more. Mm. These people actually met. So I thought there's, there's something that's um, not woo-woo because we know sound frequencies, yeah, you can imagine they exist, but where there's more to it, like our own frequency contributed to that and – even when you were putting it all together, I'd be very interested. Yeah, well, in it's, 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 for me, if we can bring people together um, in, and I know it sounds really cheesy, but we, we bring our humanness out and, we, you know, we mm. see, like I can tell, like I just, I, just, I look at Summer and I laugh because I can just see her beaming. Same with you, Isaac, yeah. you know, it's like, and that makes me happy, mm. you know, because I could just go, oh, what, I'm around great spirits and great energy. And for me, yeah. that's like, people might go, that's woo-woo, but, that's now. That's sexy. That's happening. Absolutely. That's just, and it's just like, and to be able to tap into that, and because it gets amplified when you're around people, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we say that one plus one equals three. You know that yeah. mm. that amplification of like Isaac and I can lose time and space in a conversation, and uh, you know that's just so joyful. That's an energy that you carry with you for days. There's random people you meet in the street that you have unbelievable conversations mm. with Isaac. You're the king of this. <laughs> um, that, that you float on a cloud for weeks just because that conversation was so incredible. Mm. So, yeah. That was funny, that guy, when I'm walking along the beach and he just strolls up and goes, hold up, mate. And he just starts walking, just chatting. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> I'm like, it was a nice sunny day and he's got his beer and he goes, you want one? I'm like, oh, my God, but thanks. You know, and it's just, that was wonderful. I sort of thought, what, I know what stops us doing that. Because we get, you know, concerned that um, someone will think you're weird or you're creepy or whatever. But, um, yeah. I, th- I, th- I can't remember, but I think I mentioned on the day a great exercise is to, when you see someone, you go, oh, that person's a bit weird. Or mm-hmm. I don't, like, you know, I'm a rock and roll, I'm a punk metal guy and there's a guy in a suit. It's like, that's your opportunity to create something amazing. Yeah. Mm. Like, I love that. Like, it just sounds scary, but it's like, <laughs> is there anything really scary about that? You know, it's like... Talk about untapped potential. Mm. Like, who else is doing that? No one. Well, is that an untapped potential? Yeah, because most people aren't doing it because they're scared of it. Mm. Oh, that's so true. Again, it comes back to the same fear, that fear of the unknown, not knowing. Well, look at me. Look at my image. I will go and work with boards and stuff, and they just look at me and go, who's this crazy person? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, after I work with them, then they're like, oh, that guy's guy's pretty cool. Yeah. but (laughs) I I hope they say that. I I think, though, because you are different in the way that you present yourself in a corporate world, uh, I think that is a an opportunity for people. They would probably lean in with that curiosity. And go, hang on a minute, that's not what I expected. So, even if there might be some fear or judgment or whatever is coming up for them, I think there's an overriding curiosity. I know there certainly would be for me. Yeah, like I think so. Yeah, and I'm sure they they'll go one of e- either way to start. They say, this guy is so confident that he just rocks up, t-shirt, you know, his black gear and the the big hair. Or he's absolutely mental. 
<laughs> Either way, he's, I want to know. He's just, he's just wandered into this room. We don't know who he is, you know. <laughs> it's got oh, there's a lost person just walking And then I start talking about scientific frameworks <laughs> yeah, and then exactly. they're like, what does this guy do? <laughs> exactly. Einstein, eat your heart out. Yeah. And that, but, and that, and meet, but it's really interesting. You know how sometimes you meet a person and they just become so much more attractive by that you – you don't, you'd see them as like, oh, hey, yeah. But it's like, oh, my God, it's like I want to be close to you because their energy and their enthusiasm and their experience and storytelling and all of that. So, it, And when I say more attractive, not as in I know, I mean. romantic. Yeah, as, yeah, as in magnetic. Yeah. 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 And that's that, you know what, a robot will never take your job if you're doing that. Yeah, that's so true. Yes. That. Yeah. No jobs taken by robots here. No, not in this room. <laughs> Just robots make help me make my job better. Yeah, help me make me better. Yes. Whilst you ask the next Ooh. amazing question, because I'm really keen on this answer, I'm going okay. to text message my daughter who's only downstairs. This is an example of how much I love technology, and get her to pick up our dinner. Okay, see, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Uh yes. Now, this is a really I've, I've never asked Finn this, but I know he's had um, a very very colourful life. And, you know, imbibing lots of different substances for fun and entertainment all around the world, especially in L.A. But now you live a really, really clean life. The other night we all went out for drinks afterwards and Finn's like, no, don't drink. And I've done my thing and I'm going home. But I'm sure our listeners will be really interested to see how you, like, you turn things around. Um, and what was the catalyst for this? The turnaround. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> big question. No, it's just a. It's a really. It's a story I'm, I really haven't talked about before, but it was there was a. There was a pivotal moment in my life when I was living in Paris. Um, that. I went from, overnight, changed my life like instantly. Oh wow! And it was uh, I was did some work for the Buddhist Channel, and. There was this. I met this guy called Rinpoche. He was a big pre- preacher out of Tibet, and we were all at this club called Rum, uh, Mandala Mandalare, Right to the Light, in Rumabuf, in just on the Champs Elysees. And I somehow I don't know how I got invited. I got invited in this lineup of all these important people at this to meet this Buddhist dude who, who was like from Tibet, and he walks down and he picks me out. And he goes, points to me. And I was like, anyway, he walked past. And then these minders came up and said, this master wants to give me a gong session. And I was like, oh, no, I'm fine. I don't want want a gong session. I don't even know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's looking at me like, you don't understand. This is like, you know, this is like the Rinpoche dude, you know, like this is like the, the number one Buddhist in the world. Or whatever it was. I, mm. I don't really honestly know. Anyway, it's very powerful though. And I was like, no, nah, I'm fine. And this guy's really old, right? And I'm like, and I'm quite pig-headed. I'm like, I don't want a gong session. I don't need a gong session. Get, pick someone else. I'm just here because I was. I met the owner of the club and he wants me to be here and do this video thing, right? No, no, master wants it. So I'm like, and everyone's like hassling me. So I'm like, okay, I'll do a gong <laughs> session. And I was like, honestly, I was like, I'll do a gong session. I was like, I really didn't want to do it. Right? It's hilarious. Right? So I go to this room in a place called Ateliers in Paris and I walk up these stairs and I walk into this room and there's this Rinpoche dude there and his two minders and there's all these bowls. He gets me to lie down and he puts these bowls on me 
what am I stomach? What am I, I can only imagine what you're thinking at this point. <laughs> Honestly, I was like going, okay. I'm just going, okay, gong session. What? I thought it was like gong, but I'm just going to hit yeah. a gong. Anyway, <laughs> long story, without going into it, all I can, oh, the best thing to do, he, he told me something, like he, he ran these gongs and he got me to stand up and he said, I'm going to tell you about who you are and your purpose. And he told me this stuff and I was like, and I, honestly, I was mesmerized, but I didn't realize it. It was like I was hypnotized. And he goes, right, you need to stop doing this. You need to stop doing that. This is your purpose. Go. And I left. And I walked around Paris for about two hours. just And it was raining. And I, just wa- I was just walking in the rain. I was like, I was stunned. And after that, I stopped drinking, stopped doing anything. And my whole life exploded. My company exploded. I was at Cannes Film Festival. I had all these big movie stars investing in my company. I was traveling the world. And I was like going, I just couldn't believe it. And it was like, and it was just, so it's no one's, Ooh. I never really honestly talked about it. I, I'll never talk about what he said to me, but it was really, a, a, it was a fascinating time because I'd always been on the edge of spirituality, but I've always been like a technocrat in my head, trying to understand everything, science and mm. knowing everything about everything. And I'm, when I, we talk about letting go, I'm, the worst person in the world because I want to know everything about everything. So for me, it's a practice that I practice daily, which you can probably hear the way mm. I talk. I'm, all, I'm very <laughs> hyper. So it's um, – anyway, I haven't – you know, I'll do a bit of meditation here and I'll play with sound frequencies. I, I haven't really tapped into that side, but I've stayed true to pretty much that that teaching or whatever happened to me on that night. And I just think that there's consequences for me. I don't put mm. it on anyone else. So yeah. I, I'm – I'm quite happy not drinking. I'm quite happy. You know, I've got a, a partner who I've been with nearly 34 years and she's like my best friend and my life is so good and it's so simple and mm. it's, you know, and I'm really blessed that I have a I have a really amazing life because of it. So I just if it ain't broke, you know. Mm. I've done all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me it, it's and that's just my experience and everyone I'm sure everyone's got a great story but that was that was and I I just stayed I'm a very disciplined person. So if I decide to do something, I do it and I stick with it. Mm. Wow, I really want one of those. <laughs> I want yeah. one of those experiences. Yeah, Rinpoche. Well, honestly, yeah. I, I wouldn't have done it. It was the peer pressure that got me, and I'm not, I'm really good with peer pressure. People, yeah. Yeah. I can't those. imagine anybody twisting your arm to do anything. No, and yeah. but they did. Wow, and I did it, and I, and I had no idea what it was going to be, and it was it, it taught me a really important lesson actually because I didn't really didn't want to do it because I didn't know. So I talk about mm. fear and opportunity. Mm. is knowledge right i was in total fear i didn't want to do it because i had no idea what it was and i mm. wanted to be in control of my life i wanted to be in control of everything mm. i don't want to do that because that sounds stupid i don't know this guy who's this guy i've just met this guy i don't care everyone tells me he's great i, I didn't realize the universe was telling me something to give me a gift and i didn't recognize it but the universe smacked me around the head and taught me to go it just made me go there and it mm. changed my life but i was lucky the universe smacked me around the head because if it was up to me i wouldn't have done it mm. Mm. It's what it takes sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, sure does. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> I don't know if that answers That's the, the coolest question. No, no, the coolest answer. It is. Yeah. Not many people can say that. I got picked <laughs> out of a crowd and got gonged. Yeah, it's usually, it's usually I hit rock bottom and I, you know, was never going to do it again. Well, that's the thing. I wasn't. No. I was, I was that's living what's the high great. life. I was, I was living in Europe. I was doing all these really cool things and this thing happened. But, but I, and I was partying hard. Mm. I was burning the candle and it, yeah. and it stopped. There are just a certain illuminated beings, I think, or illuminated souls. You can just you can spot them mm. in a crowd. I I think you're definitely one of them, Finn. Most definitely, mm. I know a number of people that are 
just illuminated in some way. It's like they're, they came in with some purpose and even if they turned their back, it would just keep coming at them and, and they can't get away from it. They were born to do a certain thing. Mm. Game changers, disruptors. Like Jonathan McDonald. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. McDonald. We have had a number of them on this program, mm. which is so – we're so honoured to be sharing space with people like that. And it's interesting because I see the common theme is discipline, but it's not hard, harsh discipline. It's no, a it's whole, not harsh. It's a whole Once you other. tap into a purpose, it becomes easy. Yeah. Because it drives – well, you know that. Well, you, look, yeah. you're the same. Like you guys – stand out you're like it's it's i think i actually think that everyone can shine and but a lot of people um are too scared to and a lot of that comes from and look i could be wrong i'm not an academic i got no idea what i'm talking about this is just what i think Mm. um from meeting lots of people from lots of different places and and you know we all get i i personally believe that the universe is giving us opportunities every day and most of them we're not taking Mm. because we're caught up in a mindset and i work really hard um, like I joke about the fact that I say to people, I really, I don't know what I do. Um, I, cause it's very hard to describe what I do, but what, you know, I work in the innovation and creativity space. Um, I try and unlock people's capability, but that's, that's not a job that people understand. So, mm. so, but I just think that everyone's got this chance to shine, but in a lot of ways they've been put into hard situations where they've had to make decisions and then they've got themselves in responsibilities and stuff. And it's been, it's, I would love to to be part of a team or a tribe that helps people unlock that yeah. ability to shine by showing them, you know, it's not that hard. And I know it's very fearful because you're worried about what happens if you do this. As an entrepreneur, I'm only an entrepreneur who's built companies because I didn't think anyone would hire me for anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the truth. Like, who's going to hire me? Yeah. <laughs> this crazy guy. It's like that keeps doing asking weird, questions, doing all these weird things. Like, what's my job? You know. So. Yeah. I always thought of myself as unemployable, even though I was employed. I just I got less and less time in being employed until it got to a three month, and I was itchy, and I I just had to yeah. listen to what I was being told. And I was born to do business. I love it. It lights me up. I love the creative process of it and building something from nothing. So I started listening, and yeah, I've never had more fun. What I, What I love about you guys is um, your passion to learn. And, you know, your investment in yourself. You flew to Melbourne to come to my workshop Mm. and it's so easy to go, oh, it's in Melbourne and I've got to do this, I've got to find someone to stay. And the fact that you do that, even if you take one little piece, you're building greatness and you're unlocking Mm. capability, you know. And I just think that a lot of people are like, oh, spend X amount of dollars to go there. I could go to Movie World and take my kids. And and that's you could do that. Yeah. could. Mm. But it's a it's a it's a discipline and a choice to go you know i'm going to invest in myself you know and some of it doesn't work but that's just the way it is you know as very i've had lots of didn't work but it's not it's more that uh, i learnt another level of myself that that it, that wasn't a great direction so i always managed to get a whole bunch of gold out of that and it was always a catalyst to get me in a direction that was more relevant or more appropriate or, or offered more for me. So, Isaac, you've, you've been a lifelong learner and mm. I, I've always said I would empty my bank account spending money on experiences and knowledge. They're the two things that I think over bricks and mortar mm. um, and assets, they're the mm. things that I value the greatest or the health and then those yeah. other two, definitely. And th- that's the – I think one of the main takeaways – of our conversation with Finn is 
is having that that surrender and you've got all of your knowledge but to surrender for a moment and say let's look at different you know links between things and where I c- and it's easy for me to say single guy no real responsibilities as far as you know wife children all that sort of thing and if a person you know like you said they have all their responsibilities but it doesn't mean you need to throw all that in the bin and start again it's just having the conversation and inviting the whole family in and talking about it with your friends about what your fears and doubts are and ask that question, is that really true? You know, is what's the possibility here rather than the fear? And doing yeah, that, that. It, the, the, the whole, yeah. the world is just going to be a, a, a lot more, um, patient is the wrong word, more expansive as in less prejudice. So whatever the Cohesive. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I love that. I, lo- I, I really hope I get to... Well, I already do because I choose that in my world, but mm. I hope I get to see an expansion of that in my lifetime. Yeah, and that's because that's one thing that I, having grown up in a very critical household, cool parents, but you know, very critical, and so I was like always super critical of myself. And you know, as the saying is, you know, the the the, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, and so if you're always criticise yourself, you'll criticise other people. And the 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 way I was able to turn that around, so I would see, let's see. For example, someone that really irritates you in the gym, some great big gronk that's making heaps of noise. There was one. I know he was <laughs> massive legs, um, but instead of like <laughs> hate this guy, what a dick. It's like no. Where have I been similar to that in some way to create some sort of connect, sort of connection, or is what he's doing really offensive? Or am I just overreacting? You know, just start asking these connecting questions, but more of a case of where have I been like that or where have I acted like that and what's underneath that? So you get that connection and understanding. Yeah. And it was the one thing I was like, oh, give that critical voice. Mm. It's like, oh, it doesn't give it fuel. Yeah, I think to sum up what, what I, I think, if I could sum up mm. a couple of cool th- things that I think are really relevant is that no matter where you are in life, no matter what your responsibilities you've got, everyone has a bunch of fears. And I would challenge them that all of those fears can be turned into opportunity. Mm. That's a great way to finish. Right. And I think that the Brilliant. way to do that yeah. is through knowledge. Mm. Find a path. Keep it to yourself if you want. Get on the internet. Find a path that unlocks that fear. Identify the fear and move it to opportunity. And the second thing is... If you're going to practice anything from anything human capabilities, the very first thing to do is to start practice critical thinking. Just, just if you if you're going to jump in on something and have an opinion, give yourself a five second rule. Go, how might what's the opposite of my opinion? And just that practice of pra- teaching itself. Going, I'm going to say this, but what's the opposite of my opinion? It's very hard to do. It makes you think, and that builds neuroplasticity. Mm, and it interrupts that does it's a pattern yeah Yeah. absolutely love it thank you so much finn this has been compelling fascinating i wasn't rambling on i just had to have a habit and i can see why master rinpoche chose you (laughs) (laughs) you are the chosen one (laughs) i'm definitely not (laughs) 